Welcome to the Making Jobs Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Schultz, with Witness Security. So without further ado, let's get the show on the road. And we are back, job makers, makers of jobs. We can't be back, we just started. Well, I mean, we're back from that very long break. Yeah, it's not that long. It wasn't that long. We skipped a week. Only one. Yeah. Man, it seems like a lot longer. I, this was a very long week. <laughs> it was a very long week for me, I know, uh, and I'm sure it's been a very long week for you. Aren't you in the process of moving into the new? Uh, it's it's been, into the compound. <laughs> yeah, into the compound. Uh, now we so last weekend we had uh, a 26 foot. Um, u-haul truck that was sitting here and liette and keith were uh hemming and hawing about whether or not we needed to use it and i'm like hey we're not open for business so u-haul can't come and get this truck the reason they had to come get this truck is a catalytic converter got cut off of the u-haul truck and again off of yeah i think loud I would imagine, yeah. It's, it was nuts. Like a race car. It was quite funny. I'd be driving down the road with it, and I'd kind of rev my engine whenever uh, I'd have like a punk kid <laughs> right up next to me with the, and it's rattling the yeah. the, the windows. I just ride up next to him and rev my engine. <laughs> it's quite funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, it would be loud. Um, a lot of those U-Haul trucks... Um, uh, if they're the Fords, then they have uh they have Ford's V10 engine in it, Triton V10. That one's a GMC, uh, and the only reason I need that, oh. I'm driving it, and I'm like, man, this looks like the front end of my Chevy van. Mm. I'm looking around. Hey, why don't I look at the steering wheel? It's got it written right there on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's usually a pretty good indicator. Is uh. The uh, the vehicle's emblem right there in front of your face. Like, yeah. What is this? Where's where do I find the information on this thing? Looking for the owner's manual. <laughs> <laughs> Can't figure out what this thing is. Marjorie and Killian both they uh, got to ride in the the jump seat uh, in their boosters, mm-hmm. and they love that. Killian's like, we're taller than the, all the other trucks. <laughs> taller than all the other cars. Yeah. He goes. If we get in a wreck, we win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I always feel whenever I'm driving the truck. That's why I drive trucks. I don't drive cars. <laughs> I win. You automatically have the right-of-way if you're driving a truck. I feel like. As high as that thing is, if you hit somebody, it's going to yeah. do some serious damage. Yeah. Yeah, you, like, so... Um, I remember, I remember one time when I was driving, uh, actually I wasn't driving. I was, uh, I was getting ready to go to sleep and I was in the passenger seat of my, my truck, my semi truck. My co-driver was driving we're driving in, I want to say it was in Chicago. It was a, it was a busy area somewhere. Um, and we're coming around this curve on this highway and all of a sudden traffic has just stopped just everywhere. Just the river bend. Yeah. Just around the river bend. Um, you definitely have daughters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's over here. He, he's memorized Pocahontas word for word. Um, so, so we come around the the bend, 
and then say I didn't listen to that on the way in. Yeah, he's like, I've got the soundtrack, Mother Trucker. Um, (laughs) I've got Disney Sirius XM. (laughs) So we, so we, we we see a sea of brake lights. So he gets on the brakes and stops, and then all of a sudden I hear, and I'm like, oh no! And I see out the the mirror that there's these cars that were in the lane next to us did not quite realize that what was going and they didn't they weren't paying attention and didn't stop as fast and so they come screeching to a halt they rear end this car next to us but then they run and so they they didn't do they did a little bit of damage to the car when they rear ended this other car but then they run into my wheel of my truck and the area that they ran into the wheel of my truck was just like obliterated on their car but on my truck i had a scuff on my wheel so um hey actually we're gonna take a we're gonna we're just gonna take like a short break now i know we only just got started um but let's just let's just get the sponsor break over with um as early as possible i think we got breakfast here anyway so uh we're gonna take a quick breakfast break for us and a sponsor break for y'all and to y'all we will be back in no time flat welcome back hey I'm not even sure what we were talking about right before that. Me either, but man, those six tequilas were great. <laughs> I mean, taquitos. Taquitos. I don't even know why they call them taquitos. Those are those burritos. Those are true burritos. Those are burritos. But that hit the spot. So Whataburger calls their breakfast burritos taquitos. Yes. Isn't that, is that what no, I hear? No, 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 no. They have, they have breakfast burritos. What's the difference between what I, we just had? I have no idea. Huh. They're way more expensive. But he got six tequilas. They're, yeah. So the breakfast burritos. At this time in the morning, drinking six tequilas, man, that'd be something else. Robbie Robbie texted us that he got six tequilas. And I like how his phone like didn't didn't think anything of it. Like his phone didn't go like, man, maybe he means taquitos. It's kind of early in the morning. But his phone's like, nah, Robbie. Okay. We know what Robbie's up okay. to. All right. <laughs> <laughs> your, phone, your phone had no qualms about it. Your phone's like, yep, let's send it. Just mm. gonna send it. Just gonna send it. Send. <clears throat> so, um, there was something I wanted to talk about today. I don't it remember. Was it breakfast burritos? It was not breakfast burritos, tequila or taquitos, the differences thereof. Um, oh, yeah. Um, so, have you, what was it that just, oh, so, yeah, um, have you heard Sometimes. of the um, of the recent legislation that was being pushed through uh, Congress that it, it involves service members, but uh, buried deep in this bill? So, and and it, it and actually passed astoundingly by like a majority in the House. I want to say I'll have to double check this. I just heard about this, and uh, basically the bill is as such like it's supposed to the idea was is it's supposed to help service members like protect them from uh, I, uh, hang on I, I feel like I, I feel like I need more information on this before I start talking about it but buried in this bill is a red flag law um, red flag law Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. 
service members. I'm sure that that'll pop something up. <clears throat> okay. So the it was passed through the house. So the uh uh basically Basically, the, the, so the National Defense Authorization Act uh, was supposed to direct funding for the U.S. military. Its, uh, its latest iteration of the bill includes an amendment to U.S. code inserted by Representative Jackie Speer, Democrat from California, that creates a new type of protection order officially called the Military Court Protective Order. The bill shall have exclusive jurisdiction over the issuance, appeal, renewal, and termination of military court protective orders, and such orders may not be issued, appealed, renewed, or terminated by state, local, territorial, or tribal courts. The amendment also suggests military court protective orders could be issued ex parte and prohibit firearm possession. So it's a, it's a, it's a funding act, and I guess, I guess some Republicans are saying that um, they're saying that they that the ones that knew about it they only voted for it so that way because the military needed funding and you know yada 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 and then we'll make sure that that part of the bill gets struck out before the finalized uh, part of the bill but it's buried in there and so for red flag laws for the uninitiated what red flag laws are is basically <sighs> If some if if someone is suspicious or is suspect or maybe they're concerned about their mental well-being or health or whatever, they can revoke their ability to carry firearms. You know, it's a completely it's a complete violation of the Fourth Amendment um, and Second Amendment, right? So essentially, the way it would work is, you know, say it, this is only this is only applicable to U.S. service members, and it only you know is for people who are active duty military. However, uh, if someone, say, were in a unit and, you know, someone in their unit says, you know, I don't know about this guy, he's, you know, we're, we're concerned about his mental health, mental well-being, then with no warrant, warrantless uh, search, warrantless seizure, they could go in and remove firearms from this person's possession and prohibit them from owning firearms. Oh, yeah, that... What? <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> that that definitely needs to be stopped. Yeah. Um, I can there, see a lot of reasons why that would be a bad thing for them it, to go through. It would not be great at all. Um, um, I mean, you you are a former service member. Yeah. And so uh, does it apply to former or mm -hmm. um, only active duty? No, it's only for it's only for a military court. So we so have this, at that point, all they got to do is an amendment, and now once once it's through for active duty, then all they got to do is make an amendment for people that have PTSD, and boom, now they don't have maybe. So here's the way that the verbiage of the bill basically only allows that power to the military courts, which does not have power over uh, civilians and non-active service members anymore. So um, so like I'm not subject to the uniform code of military justice anymore. Um, uh, unless I were activated, which I can't be because I have served my time. Like I can't be forcibly activated. I'd have to volunteer. I've already served my initial enlistment plus my additional remaining years of inactive ready reserves. So like I couldn't be drafted if there yeah, was but, a draft. So, okay. Like, um, uh, let's take our but, friend, friend that is in the military. 
Yeah. Um, if he were to be uh, accused, not even in any way, shape, or form. With, with zero evidence. Just yeah. just somebody suspects. I, I've got a cousin that has PTSD. Well, and, and we have And a, so they easily could say, well, yeah. he's got, well, he, he has been, sh- yeah. uh, he, he's got medical records showing that he has PTSD. He no longer can have a weapon. Well, we also have this friend, uh, the same <coughs> friend I think we're talking about here in the military, that they, his wife and him have some relatively <laughs> loud discussions. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that the people in his unit are aware of that. And if they, if someone, uh, you know, accuses him of potential for domestic violence or whatever, which is not a potential, um, at least not coming from him, um, <laughs> it's like with zero evidence, then his unit could basically have you know military police come in, take his firearms away, and then prohibit him from possessing firearms. Now, one of the main reasons why this is so so terribly problematic is because it would um, uh, it it would leave it would it would allow for a precedence right anytime that something like this goes into place that it would allow for a precedence and I can guarantee you exactly what would happen if it does become enacted is that somewhere along the line someone will point to some statistic that'll show a decrease in um, suicide like that that's where like even if it decreases by half a percent and then they'll say oh look at this it's already moving the needle you know it's it's making it's making things better. You know, and so we should implement that across the board for everybody. Now, that's what I mean. Here's what's even more concerning. And it's not, I mean, obviously this whole, the law is a concern. The fact that it was concealed deep in this bill is concerning. But what else is concerning is that somewhere in the neighborhood of like 135 Republicans voted yes on this bill. Like a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of, a lot of uh, uh, Congress members voted yes on this bill. Republicans. And there's a big list of it. Uh, Colin Noir has a video on it, and he lists all of the Republicans that voted yes on this bill. Um, None of ours didn't, um, you know, which I fully expected Mark Wayne Mullen to have voted for it because he's a sellout anyways. But... um, uh, but, uh, So he didn't vote for it? No, he did not vote for it, which is surprising to me. Um, But... And you know whatever people are, oh he's a hero he's great whatever he's he's a liar and um, and I don't I don't trust him uh, but uh, Congressman Bruce Westerman from Arkansas certainly did um, he voted yes for this bill which is interesting that's the one that your cousin worked for yeah used to work for him for years <clears throat> what about your uncle where does he stand on this bill well he wouldn't have a vote in it anyways I know he's, but he's he's yeah. still could have a stand on it. I don't know. I haven't asked him about it. I'd bet that he would. I'd bet that he would be against voting for it because well, he's, the question is: Did Bruce Westerman read the bill to actually well, know that it's here's, deep in there? And that's the thing is. Here's the thing: You can't. And some some Republicans are using that as an excuse, saying, "Oh, it was buried in the bill." So read it. Like you can't vote yes on something. Like that's your job. Like it's literally what you're paid for is to be a representative of the people and to read and understand these bills. Well, e- even if. Even if they don't read it, have somebody read it. Have, have some have of your staff. staff read it, mm-hmm. and get in there and get down into the nitty gritty. And if you're a US hopefully you got all all of your staff members. Hopefully they would read it to um, the way that you would want them. Yeah. So if you're a Republican, then your um, staff members need to be Republican. 
Well, um, you, you, realistically, and, if you're a U.S. Congress member, what you should have is you should have somebody on staff who is like, you know, someone who has some amount of uh, uh, experience in law and legislation. And you should have people reading through these bills. See you later, Robbie. Robbie was here for just just a few moments. Came came to bring us burritos, and then and then now he's gone. He, he's no longer with us. <clears throat> he is he has left the building. Bye, Elvis. Um, so it, the the so the excuse is some of some Republicans is like, oh well, the Democrats hit it in the bill. Well, don't, read the freaking bill. That's what you're paid to do. Like, yeah. I mean, okay, I I. I I, I get it to a degree, to a small degree. These bills are long and hard, hard to read and they're arduous. And so I wouldn't expect the average American who is particularly like voting on a certain issue that might not read through the entirety of a bill and vote on it. Okay. You know, you can, you can get a pass because that's not your full-time job is legislation. Your full-time job as a representative of your constituents is to do the legwork and read through the bill. I don't care how long the bill is. I don't care if it's 2,700 pages long. Read it. Or, or, or have a sta- your staff break it up in sections. Say, all right, you take, you take pages 1 through, one through 700, and then you take 700 through you know, um, uh, 1,400 or whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll make it through this and then read through it and get a summary of this entire bill so that way everyone knows what everything is, what, what you're voting on. I mean, that just highlights, uh, if anything, an even more concerning thing beyond just, oh, well, the Democrats are hiding things in the bill. So what if you're hiding things in the bill? You know, read through the bill and it won't be a problem. It's it's very concerning because it's a big list. It's like 135 of, uh, of House members that were Republicans that voted for this bill. Now, the ones that, that, that claim that they were aware of that said that they just wanted to pass it through for the military to get the funding that they need because there's a lot of stuff in the bill that's good. And then we just, you'll just make sure that, you know, that part of the bill gets taken out before it, it, it you know, ends up in its final form. But that's dangerous, you know. You can't just push something through and think, okay, well, someone else will take care of it for me, you know. Like... Okay, <clears throat> let's take an example. Let's use, let's use guns for, for a fun example because we're already kind of on the subject. But let's say I'm a gun manufacturer, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm building this gun. And I build it, and I build this, uh, this prototype. And every five rounds, it explodes, okay? And then I send it off to the manufacturer and be like, yeah, yeah, we're good to go. People, people would freak out. They'd be like, well, every five rounds it explodes. They'd be like, no, 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 no. I knew about this. But I expect the manufacturer to work out of the kinks. And then, you know, hopefully it'll, you know, it'll, it'll be fine by well, the time it ends well, yeah. in the end user. A gun that explodes would be a really bad problem. Wouldn't be, would, wouldn't be great, um, you know, because then, then you'd have, you know, an explosive firearm. Not rounds, but firearm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a bad deal. It would be. Well, even if it wasn't every five rounds, like every 500 rounds. Like, we did testing, and we noticed that it explodes every 500 rounds. Well, that'd we know... a bad deal. Yeah, we know it's... I know, you know we've run at least 
in our in our guns. Yeah. We've run at least that many rounds through our yeah. guns. Before we had that tragic boating accident. Yeah. Um I we ought to we really need to stop going fishing with our guns. But um the that's the Well the problem is we we have to boat <coughs> to wherever we hunt. We yeah, yeah. boat wherever we camp. Yeah. Boat wherever we fish. Yeah, there's a lot of boating involved. I mean boating when you fish, that's yeah. You have to have a boat to get to fishing unless yeah. you're going to fish from the land. Yeah. And that's no fun. Yeah, exactly. Because especially where we go fishing, there's no, yeah. not really any shoreline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have to, uh, there's too much brush. Yeah. So boating is the best way. It is, yeah. And so, we, I mean, we boat a lot of places. I mean, I live on a lake, so, I mean, obviously we're boating no, no, a lot you, of places. You don't live on a lake. You live yeah. in a house. Uh, well, I mean, I live on the land, but... Close to the lake. Right on the... I mean, I'm I'm literally one property away from the lake. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Actually, my back corner of my property, I think, is a total of like 100 yards from the lake. Something like that. Maybe maybe 150. Well, that's that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm practically... I live on a boat, basically. <laughs> Hmm. No, the uh, uh, I live on a peninsula, so I'm surrounded on three sides by water. So, yeah, I mean, I might as well be on a boat or a pier. Let's say I live on a pier. Yeah, let's say that. Yeah. Um, no, the uh, the the con- the very concerning thing to me is is that basically what this highlights, honestly, is that it doesn't matter what party the. Uh, the politician is on. It seems like to me, any time that any politician spends a long enough time in power, they become corrupted. Whether it is corruption through like bribery or something, or they just get su- they've just spent so much time in the system that they lose sight of why they originally became. Even if they had great intentions whenever they started out, they eventually become part of the system. And that's just what that's like Democrat or Republican. They're they're all just they're all just playing this silly game and 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 they're trying to make they're trying to make these political careers out of it just to honestly they get used to the lifestyle, you know, and I think that that's what that's what it is. They enjoy they enjoy being a congressman or whatever. Take, for instance, Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen, who who honestly took no crap from any Oklahomans about the fact that he ended up running again and winning for another term in Congress. Okay? How come how come and and you know what I heard from many Oklahomans whenever I said I was like, "Do you are you can you cuz I I was astounded. I was like, "Can you guys believe this? He's he's running again." And people are like, well, yeah, but did you see his video? Like, I think he he really could do some good. I'm like, yeah, you bought his you bought his BS hook, line, and sinker. He you he, he has you all eaten out of his hands. When Mark Wayne Mullen ran for Congress at the beginning, like his his campaign was ran on like one of the major like foundations of his campaign is he believed in term limits for Congress. And yeah. and he said he would only serve two terms. That's what he said. Who's the other guy that's now the uh, NASA? Well, actually, I don't think he is anymore. Uh, NASA. NASA director. Uh, he he was a, I think he was a congressman for Oklahoma before he went. Uh, Trump put him in the NASA position. I don't I don't know, but I don't pay attention to NASA. So 
I, 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 he 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 ran on terms as well. Oh yeah. Um, he said, "Oh, we need term limits," and then he and he did it. He actually he actually quit after he ran for two terms. Yeah. And not not then he did it. Not Mark Wayne Mullen. Uh, and so he said he did he said what he was going to do and he did it. Mark Wayne Mullen. Um, other than not following through on his terms, what he said he was going to do, I really don't have any problems with him because I haven't seen any issues yet. Um, but that's not to say that uh, something wouldn't come up, and I do do have a problem with it. If something were to brought to light that I did have a problem with, um, I'd probably change my stance on it. But so far. I haven't seen anything okay. yet. I was off by the numbers. Mark Wayne Mullen said he was going to only run three terms, um, but then he ran for a fourth term. Uh, so I, for some reason, I thought it was two. But he well, released... Most people only are... If you're going to run for terms, it's only going to be two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he... I'm now, trying what he could have done, and he could have stayed in that that uh, realm. Basically... He could have done what your uncle did and switch the office that he's running for. So he, he this is what he said. Um, he said... Um, uh, he said that he was ill-advised when he made the promise to only serve three terms. And, and I, I remember his video. He said that um, he... <laughs> Uh, this is this actually this is interesting other um this is another interesting little quote from little little Mullen here. I didn't hear this. Um uh he was recorded during a town hall meeting telling his constituents that it was bullcrap that taxpayers pay his salary. He said, I pay for myself. I paid enough taxes before I got here and continue to through my company to pay my own salary. This is a service. No one here pays me to go. That just kind of gives you a little bit of insight into the guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't trust him. I don't trust him, and I particularly didn't trust him whenever he, whenever he initially, um, uh, the, the moment that I saw his his stupid his stupid freaking video where he like is clearly being a two faced liar pol- pol- politician, and people ate it up. They're like, oh yeah, he definitely thinks that he can, you know, his his services can be best rendered, you know, to the U.S. if he serves another term, and you know, I know he only promised to do three, but honestly, if you can't, it wouldn't wouldn't been bad if he switched offices. Went went for a different office. Maybe ran for Senate. Yeah, yeah. Go to go to a different office, run for a different office, and that's not a problem. Yeah. But he stayed in the same. Uh, so he he's well, congressman. Yeah. Um. He's, he's in the House of Representatives, and so he. The thing is, is um. So I think the reason. Um, so I think the reason why house members tend to, uh, tend to cling on to those jobs or they run for those positions is there's more available, right? For sure. So every Senator, there's only two senators per every state, you know, and then you get X amount of house, you know, X amount of representatives for the house depend upon your state's, uh, population density. And, you know, we have more, we have more house representatives than we do have senators. And so then he'd have to run up against a already known name, Versus he could just, you know, run for re-election in his own current position. He knew it was a win. He knew it was a shoo-in. And, and, and you may ask yourself, like, what is, you know, what is, he? first off, he owns a, a massive plumbing company. So it's not for the money. 
I think legitimately it's for the status and power. Now, you know, he also did, like, he went to Afghanistan to help get, you know, help get, uh, you know, Americans out after the whole debauchery of the, uh, the whole, you know, debacle of, there's a, a, a debacling debauchery that was the U.S. leaving Afghanistan suddenly and leaving all of our crap there. And, and, uh, and some of our, you know, valuable stuff too, as well, like our, you know, I don't know, Technology. our Americans well, and our citizens. <laughs> so he went there and he was helping get people out. Okay, whatever. You know, maybe, maybe the guy has some redeeming qualities to a degree, but I feel like a lot of it's self-serving. And, and this is just, now here's the deal. I don't know him personally. I don't know his motivations. But whenever I see something like that, it seems an awful lot like to me that that he can't be trusted. <clears throat> so when do you think, like if we were to take bets right now, when do you think he's going to call it and say, you know what, I'm not serving another term? I mean, now he could say, well, I was ill-advised. Yeah. Uh, again. He's already proven that he can do it, so he doesn't he can he can he can do take backsies already. He successfully did a take backsies. Like like most politicians do. And and I used to think, honestly, I used to think, well, we don't need term limits. Because if people keep voting somebody in, then that person should just stay in, right? Uh, in a perfect they, world yeah, that should want be true. fair and square. Yeah, in a perfect world, that should be true, to a degree. However, I feel like what happens with, you know, what happens with, because I used to think, well, people are educated, they'll say to themselves, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep voting this, you know, swamp creature back into office. But the reality is, is most voters will, like, there's a huge amount of, of brownie points that, that you win on a ballot for name recognition. Exactly. So, whenever this last time that we uh, voted, if I hadn't really done any research on a specific person, now the the good thing is we have in these these uh, podcasts. I, I do did a little bit more research this time for voting versus any other yeah time. But um, when it comes to research in the past, I, I knew Mark Van Mullen. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that name. I knew yeah. he also was Republican. So yeah. versus the other guy that he's running against, yeah, I didn't know him. Yep, and I, I and didn't. that's the thing. You know, you see it on a ballot. You see, you see. You know, if you're a Republican, you see the R next to the name, and you see a name you recognize. You go, oh, yeah, that that one. You know, I, I know who mm-hmm. I know who Senator Lankford is. You know, I know who uh, Mark Wayne Mullen is. Like, I know, I know. Who's this, who's this Kevin Stitt feller? Or not uh, Kevin Stitt, J.J. Stitt. Who's this J.J. Stitt? Well, I know Stitt, but that's not Kevin Stitt. He's our governor. You know, I, you know. It, I, I voted for Stitt this past time. Yeah. Um, it was on my ballot. Yeah. Because um, um, he wasn't, he wasn't running against Lankford. Lankford wasn't up for re-election. It was, um, Imhoff. Right, Inhoff, yep. Yeah, Imhoff. In- Inhoff still won. Inhoff, Imhoff, whatever. In- Inhoff, he's very, very much what you're you're describing, uh, Mullen. Yeah, he's very much dirty. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a two faced politician, I, and I don't trust. I I don't like I, honestly. Langford. 
I think he's going the same way. He's kind of a Weasley character. He, I didn't like his response or the way he handled anything with the pandemic, with the lack of SBA funding to businesses that were in dire need of it. I don't like the way that he handled it in his in his answers to all of this. He's like, well, if you know these uh, these grants that haven't been given out yet, the SBA, you know, the, these businesses have, you know, the the payroll protection plan is working. People can take these loans. And the thing is, is like that's such a that's such a like it's such a BS answer. Because, you know, there was a lot of businesses that could have just used that $10,000 grant to keep afloat for a couple months, like like barber shops and stuff like that. Barber shops, nail salons, restaurants um, that all got closed down for months. And if they got quick funding and got, you know, 10 grand, that could have kept them afloat without having to acquire any debt. Because that's the mm-hmm. thing. Like, oh, we'll just take the payroll protection plan. Well, here's the thing is, a lot of businesses were kind of a little not so sure about taking this payroll protection plan, even though there was promise of, you know, uh, forgiveness on these loans. Do, do you really, like a lot of people like myself were not super convinced that they weren't going to change the goalpost on you. Cause the SBA just apparently makes up arbitrary rules and makes up whatever rules they want. We weren't sure about if we were going to, you know, what if we didn't get forgiveness because they changed the rules and, you know, suddenly, you know, what once what would have qualified for loan forgiveness does not. Now you're saddled with, you know, a $30,000 loan that, you know, you have to make $1,000 a month payments on. So, yeah, you, you, you managed to weather the storm, but now payments are coming due. And, you know, instead of instead of having instead of being forced to close your doors during the pandemic and shut down forever, now it's just delayed a year or whatever. Right. And he and he's you know, he mishandled that. He mishandled. I don't know if you get his letters. Uh, I, I do. Uh, he emails and he mishandled the whole thing with the uh, the Trump. I got the live updates whenever uh, I had Facebook. When we yeah. went camping. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I got hacked that weekend. And since then, I haven't had Facebook. You know what? I don't care. It's actually it's been great. Yeah, it's nice. I have been kind of disconnected from Facebook for a hot minute now, and I I just don't just don't even open it up. It's I just, get I get emails that uh you guys posted something about something. Yeah. And because I can't get into my Facebook, I'm like, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> cool. Yeah. My, no, the uh, Matt and Alicia posted a picture of my dog. Oh well, you get email notifications. Oh, it's annoying. Oh, I, I've now gotten. To well, a point. I wonder if my wife does because the email is my wife's email that uh, that my Facebook is on. So I, maybe maybe she does get email notifications. I don't know. I don't get them. I but I don't really pay attention to Facebook anymore, anyways. But he did. You know, his response was, you know, I'm disappointed in you all because we were right about to be able to vote to, you know, basically investigate this, this, uh, this election fraud, but, you know, potential for election fraud. And then, you know, then everyone breaks into the Capitol. And so now we are forced to have to vote, you know, to, to not bring up the issue. And I'm like, that's a load of BS. Like you were a minute ago before the whole riot at the Capitol. You uh, supposedly were for investigating this election fraud. And now, because you have some bad actors who may or may not actually be a part of the party and could very well potentially be agent provocateurs, but that's neither here nor there, regardless of who it was, if the insane clown posse breaks into the White House, like that doesn't change things, you know, like, or that White House, but the Capitol. What, what does that matter? 
What's mm-hmm. the, you know? So, what it is, there's a possibility his, uh, whoever foots his bill, that he uh, just happens to be able to take those paychecks home every so often. Yeah. Uh, they were like, you need to back, uh, you need to come off of uh, yeah. your your stance. Which. And we, we're not going to investigate this. If you investigate it, you're not getting this month's check. Yeah. Which which the, the riots just gave him a convenient excuse. And to be honest with you, the riots gave a lot of Republicans a convenient excuse to look like they were they were, you know, still on the side of the constituents. Tom Cotton. Yeah. Like they were they, it gave them an excuse to be able to to vote against it and then be, it gave them a scapegoat. I had serious respect for Tom Cotton. I don't anymore. Uh, there's a lot of people I had before that that whole deal. I had serious respect for Langford. Yeah, I don't anymore. I lost I lost respect and uh, and confidence in him when I was listening in on when I was in the a phone town hall meeting with uh, with him in his in, in in his response to the SBA's like not like the, their their funding for the small businesses back when the pandemic first kicked off. That was what triggered me, and I was like, well, he's clearly not caring nearly as much about his uh, small business constituents as he should because he he acted like it was a non-issue and i was like well are who's putting who's going to be putting pressure on the sba for actually following through with what congress ordered them to do and some people had asked those questions and he goes well you know it's a it's a it's a logistics issue and they'll they'll take care of it and yeah freaking right Uh, it took them uh it took them months to give the um to give the eidl um, the economic injury disaster loan advance, the EIDL gra- uh, advance. And even at that, the advance wasn't the full 10 grand. Then when they finally, you know, got, got their feet put to the fire, they decided that they, uh, they decided finally that they were going to pay the rest out. And that was what, a year after the initial EIDL advance? It was nearly a year later that they finally yes, kicked through. Yeah, they finally kicked through the remainder of that after that, you know, legislation was passed. It's it's concerning. And I guess my point is is that you can't you can't trust politicians one way or the other. There's very few that I could that I could be cool with. And uh, honestly, 2024, I'd like to see Dan Crenshaw run for president. That'd be super cool. That I'd be cool with that. With his eye patch, yeah, man. <laughs> U.S. veteran eye patch. The guy looks just looks like a uh, an. But no, I've heard one bad looking dude. I like his policies too. And so he and and there's another thing. The thing that I like about him a lot is he's so willing to work with by on bipartisan issues. He works with Democrats all the time, and 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 that's the thing. So uh, did you see the uh, thing Jim Psaki uh, said? It was really funny. Circle back Psaki. Oh yeah. <clears throat> uh, let me see. Um, where's that? So he works in, con- he, like he has, he works across the aisle all the time. And that's what I'm for. Like, I think that we, like, I think that we need to have some sort of middle ground and we need to be able to discuss things and we need to have politicians to be able to work together. So Dan Crenshaw commented, uh, says, uh, Saki says, it's unfair and absurd that companies would raise costs for consumers, consumers, Due to higher taxes. And <coughs> the Daily Wire was the one that uh, put this out. Well, Dan Crenshaw, he goes, 
Economics is hard. (laughs) (laughs) He is so funny. He is. I've caught so many different of his uh, comments um, on Twitter or whatever. He just cracks me up. Have you heard him on the, the Joe Rogan podcast? No. It's a good one. You should you should listen to it if you ever have time to listen to a podcast. It's it's nice to hear him in long form format talk and he is a very reasonable guy. He's willing to work across the yeah. aisle and that's what we honestly need. We don't need a Republican who's like, "Ah, everything Democrats say is terrible. Let's shut it down." We need we need politicians to be able to work together to find what's best for the country, what's best for the constituents. And the reality is is a Republican a hardcore hard right a uh, conservative stance is not going to be the right answer for every American, and a hard, you know, a, a completely radical left uh, stance is not going to be the right for all of Americans. The answer somewhere in the middle. Oh yeah. And so a lot of people think that well, if you're not Republican, you're not right. Uh, it, you're just you're you're wrong. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, that's not a hundred percent true. Uh, no. There are some Democrats that they might have it a little bit right. Yeah. Um, but Democrats in general have gotten a little bit too far left. And that's the and that's and the thing then that there's Republicans that or there's some Republicans there's some Republicans that ride in the middle. Yeah. But there's some Republicans that ride way too far right. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so because of it. We're never well, going to meet. And the thing that and, bothers me, and that's the thing that bothers me the most about the Democratic Party is that they've basically made fools of themselves to the point where they can't be taken seriously. And I want the Democratic Party to be taken seriously because if it can't be taken seriously, then we can't have conversation. We can't have bipartisan agreement. We can't have prog- pro- progress. In order for us to have progress in this country, we need to have sensible legislators on both sides of the aisle in order to meet the needs of the American people. So... Um, that is our time, folks. Uh, we've got to get going. We've got things to do. The sun is starting to peek up over the horizon. And uh, anyhow, uh, until the next time, we will continue a conversation like this or maybe not like this at all. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. It is a Next week, we might be in our new office. That's a possibility, I guess. Um, yeah, we'll possibly be... At the the new new office. Yeah. Uh, I don't know for a fact though. <laughs> we might do it in the shop. Yeah. I but, still haven't gotten out and practice though. Oh yeah. Practice my bow. Oh, need to do that. Yeah. No. Probably ought to. Anyhow, <laughs> until the next time, we are gonna get out of here. We'll talk to y'all later. <laughs>